We are so glad that you're here. If we only get the chance to tell you one thing, it's this. Give yourself some grace. We want to help you redefine failure and break down the intentional, internal work that it takes to know and love who you are. So that you can stop worrying about what other people think of you. Create consistent habits and thoughts that are going to serve you. Experience more peace and less anxiety. And confidently show up as your true self. I'm Jenny. I'm Joe. And this is Of Progress and Purpose. Welcome back. Don't mind the wind outside. Yeah, if you're if you hear our house creaking or anything like that, <laughs> we're okay. Our house is not going to fall down. The playhouse did though. Yeah, the playhouse blew over. It's been pretty crazy out there. Yeah. But we've been pretty fortunate here where we live. Uh northern Utah had basically a category 1 hurricane but minus the tornadoes and storm surge and torrential rain. So crazy. Yeah. Anyway, we just had a normal day in our town. <laughs> well, slightly more breezy than usual. Yeah. <laughs> so now that we've talked about the weather. <laughs> <laughs> it's time for confession session. All right. Do you want to go first or do you want me to? I want you to. <laughs> okay. Well, mine's not all that juicy. Mine is just that I totally judge people who send emails that are like... You, you know when you get those emails that like... There's like three different fonts. Half of the stuff is in bold, half of it's not. And like <laughs> every other line is highlighted in a different color. Now all the readers of my blog are saying, what the heck? Because <laughs> that's essentially me. Well, <laughs> I was evidently supposed to pay attention to a small part of it. And I totally missed the small part of it because the small part of it that was important <laughs> for me was the only part that was not bold or highlighted or funky colors. Good advice <laughs> for us boulders and highlighters. <laughs> <laughs> My confession is something I'm genuinely embarrassed by, so here goes, guys. <laughs> uh, I told Joe the other day, you wouldn't approve of my audiobook, and he said, at least it's not Twilight. And I said... <laughs> wah, wah. <laughs> I said, actually, it's Twilight from Edward's perspective because this new book just came out. And he said... Uh, <laughs> I don't remember what he said. Probably requires editing, whatever it was. Probably so. <laughs> so, there you go. I'm a yes. Twilight fan, guys. I binge-watched all of the movies after this, but remember last week how we talked about how I'm a forward-thrower? So my binge-watch really didn't take that long. I just forwarded through all my favorite parts, skipped all the climax, just watch them fall in love, happy ending. It was great. Fortunately, I didn't have to endure any of that. <laughs> no, I'm a nice wife. I didn't make him watch it, but... Yeah. We did listen to a little bit of the book on audio <laughs> on, a, on a drive. Yeah, and I do have a critique about it. So here, here goes. For um, someone who really enjoyed Twilight, and so it's not that I don't love the books, which is the part that embarrasses me. <laughs> I'm going to be honest. But I... I remember when Twilight came out, and I read it before it was a huge smash hit, and I was in middle school, 
and I've just, I kept up with it ever since. But I was not as big of a fan of this latest installment because the narrator this time around was a man. And so it kind of sounded like what we women across the world wish Edward were thinking but probably not what he was actually thinking throughout the duration of the storyline. <laughs> I can attest to this as a male, that unless vampire males are not like human males. <laughs> he has lived for several thousand gazillion years, so maybe he's just more evolved. <laughs> I think it would be the other way around. He's probably less evolved. He probably devolved. Rude! <laughs> rude, rude, and this is why I don't go through this with Joe. <laughs> but we all have our favorite genres. Yep. Moving on to our topic for the week. This month, our affirmation is based off of one of my all-time favorite quotes. It is, I dare greatly. I am not alone. I am enough. I fearlessly course correct. I fail forward. Teddy Roosevelt famously said, It is not the critic who counts, not the man who points out how the strong man stumbles, or where the doer of deeds could have done them better. The credit belongs to the man who is actually in the arena, whose face is marred by dust and sweat and blood, who strives valiantly, who errs, who comes up short again and again, who, at the best, knows in the end the triumph of high achievement, and who, at the worst, if he fails, at least fails while daring greatly. This week I wanted to talk about daring greatly in survival mode and what that looks like. And we're kind of just going to have a conversation today and wing it. And I hope that it's helpful for you guys. And I don't want to define survival mode for you or what that looks like because I think people's pain has a range. And I feel like I don't want to invalidate serious struggles that people are going through. And I also don't want to invalidate things that maybe are not as serious in situation, but feel serious. And so I'm kind of going to leave that open-ended. But I know from my own experience that daring greatly and progress and purpose and forward momentum doesn't really feel achievable when you're in survival mode. And for me, that looks like not having any time to come up for air, just struggling through the routine with the kids and hoping that there aren't any meltdowns and hoping that I get sleep and hoping that I get to eat and hoping that I get to shower in peace and hoping that I have that support system. We talked last week about finding your village and how sometimes it's difficult. People don't, I mean, a village isn't just going to pop up for you, you know? And so some of these things when it comes to daring greatly and even being vulnerable with your hard is hard. And so we just wanted to talk about that today and speak to that struggle and hopefully give you some tips to help you to dare greatly anyway. 
Yeah, so I think for me, survival mode, it isn't necessarily about what the details of the circumstance you find yourself in are. I think it's about the emotional stress level that you're experiencing. So, so what you could be experiencing in a literal sense could vary widely, but I think survival mode is those times when you feel like it's all you can do to keep doing <laughs> just the normal everyday stuff, mm-hmm. you know, and just trying to keep your head above water, more or less. And it can feel like you listen to a podcast or, or read a book or something that, at least for me, this is this is my experience when I'm in that kind of a situation. You You hear somebody say something that is, you know, all motivational and, oh, go out and carpe diem or whatever, you know. Um, and you're just sitting there like, man, it'd be great if I could just get out the door on time for work kind of thing, you know, or whatever it might be. And it's hard in those situations, I think, to feel like doing great things or daring greatly is even within the realm of possibility. Yeah. But I think that we have to kind of expand our definition of what daring greatly actually looks like and what that actually entails in the daily grind. Because um, people that we look at as being great heroes or um, having accomplished Uh, amazing things, I guarantee you that they have their own grind, that they didn't accomplish those things because they suddenly woke up and were like, oh, I'm going to go do something great today. Yeah. That's not what happened. Well, and I think that that brings me to a point that I had thought about, which is your best is going to vary from day to day. And I think that goes for daring greatly as well. Your daring greatly might not look like what somebody else's daring greatly looks like. And your daring greatly on X day in X circumstance might not look like what it will look like five years from now. So I think that's really powerful to say, give yourself enough grace to expand that definition, like you said. And you also mentioned how it can feel impossible and I can relate to that I remember when I would hear people talk about self-care in motherhood because when I was going through postpartum depression and listening to all the podcasts and all the books the thing that kept coming up over and over and over again was self-care take care of yourself make time for you and I'm just like I do not want to hear that sentence one more time because obviously if I could shower by myself I would be showering by myself (laughs) and now thankfully I'm to that stage where I am again and I can look back and laugh but I just remember getting so frustrated like how do people find the time for this how do I find the time to take care of myself? How do I find the time to do the things that I love and follow through on them? How do I find the time to make connections that are going to bring value and add that value to my life so that I don't feel as lonely? And I just felt like all I have time to do right now is nurse the baby and get the meals together and clean the house and 
and pack the diaper bag. I remember being afraid to go out on outings because I didn't know how I was going to juggle watching the newborn and the toddler and making sure that I had all of the essentials. And I think as I've gotten into motherhood a little bit more, it all feels a little bit less impossible. But when you hear people give suggestions like that, it can sometimes grate on your nerves a little bit. Yeah, because it just kind of reminds you of all the things that you want to be doing, but you're not. So how my question is, how do you open your mind more to be able to kind of take what works for you out of that advice and maybe start to implement things a little bit at a time, but also not immediately hear certain words and shut it off? Because I think really some of those things could have been helpful to me to have a friend in a moment when I really needed it to take five minutes and allow that to myself to go take a shower on my own you know like I look back and it was possible and it might have really helped my mental health but how do I jump beyond that annoyance I guess and be a little bit more willing to take that action. Well, I think I think that a lot of it is just being willing to try like one little thing. Like what you were talking about with the, the whole self-care mantra sort of thing. That, yeah, if I was really into self-care and I had all the time in the world, like, yeah, I'd be chilling on a beach in Cancun. You know, (laughs) and I'd be doing that every weekend, you know, like you could spend your entire life doing quote unquote self-care, but the reality is that that you can't do that. And there's some, you know, continuum between not caring for yourself at all and being on a beach in Cancun every day (laughs) where there's some things you can do, like ask your husband, say, hey. I need 20 minutes to go take a shower. <laughs> and that's that's not a big thing. That's not a big ask. But it might really help on that one day where it's like all hell's breaking loose, right? Or look, I need to go for a walk or something like that. And I think asking others for help is a big one too. No matter how big your village happens to be, there are people who are willing to take some time out and watch the kids for an evening while you go out with your spouse and have an actual date night. You need those things, but you don't have to feel like you have to do all of those things at once all the time. Like, just start with some little things. Maybe it's our all-or-nothing thinking getting in the way, and I know that I'm a victim of that trap a lot where... I feel like if I can't have the beach in Cancun, then I may as well not try because life sucks and everything is over, you know? I remember having that moment in, I don't mean for this whole episode to be about motherhood, but this is what my survival mode looks like, I guess. I I remember having that moment where I'm like, I think that who I was before died. Like, I think that person is no longer making a comeback. I just thought, I'm just going to have to adjust to this and everything will be great. 
but it started to sink in that once you have a child, it's never over. My life as a non-mother was done the minute the first baby arrived, and and maybe even during pregnancy. Yeah, I'd say definitely (laughs) before. Yeah, so it changes things to that point where I can't have everything, and yet I have more in so many ways as well. I wouldn't trade it, but it's definitely an adjustment. And I think you have to let go of that perception that, well, if I can't have this persona that I had built up, for me, I I was huge into exercising. I probably worked out like six hours a day because that was my major. And I had a lot of free time. <laughs> and I loved going out on the trails. I loved I I stopped playing the piano when I first had kids. I think this year is probably the first year that I've gotten back into it. And that's because I just thought, well, I'm never going to be able to play this with children again. And I don't know why. It's like that trap in your head that tells you that that person is over and done with. But really, you can incorporate pieces of your personal self and your personal identity and who you are as a mother, and who you are as a wife, and you can't do it all, all of the time. Some of the things in some of those areas fall through the crack, but I think that once we get comfortable with that, then we become a little bit more well-rounded. Yeah, I think that a couple of things, that's why it's so important to have a clear idea of your identity, your purpose, and and your values that are important to you because that's what allows you to prioritize the things that you are going to spend your time on. You know, it's important that I'm a good father and a good husband. It's also important that I, well, and even as part of that, you know, it's important that I succeed in my professional life. And I have these values and things that I believe are important, and it helps me rank order um, everything and prioritize, you know, how I how I should be spending my time. And to kind of wrap it back to the topic of daring greatly, this also applies to those big, like moonshot kind of goals that we maybe have in the back of our mind that someday I want to do this you know i want to dare greatly and i want to i want to reach out and achieve this goal maybe it's you want to start a business and be successful at that maybe uh you want to pursue that advanced degree maybe you want to uh run uh, your first marathon or something like that like those those great things that you want to dare to do but you can still start somewhere with those things and start small and and incorporate that into your value system and your priorities and take little steps towards those things you know even you know if you're if you are wanting to get good at running like like me that was that's something that's been important to me you know even starting with just a couple of miles a day like yeah i have to get up at five in the morning to do it but i'm willing to do that he's a good example of that because I I love running and I feel like I've kind of given up on it a little bit. I have an injury right now and so I plan on getting back to it, but 
I am also not a morning person. And so for me, it's like, well, these are the specific times that I can run. And obviously children make that impossible. But I leave out the 5.30 in the morning because I'm like, there's no way that's happening. And so I think sometimes daring greatly does mean thinking a little bit outside of your comfort zone. And being willing to make a sacrifice. And yeah, and getting a little bit inconvenient. Well, and also another facet of this is recognizing that the here and now is not how it's always going to be. Okay, before we get to that, I have a quick announcement for you guys. Have you ever wanted to start a podcast of your own? This month, two of my all-time favorite mentors, Monica Packer and Rachel Nelson, are opening the doors for enrollment in Podcast University, this amazing course that I took before Joe and I launched. And my biggest doubt when we decided to go this route was, who am I to do this? I'm not an expert, and the self-development arena is full enough. (laughs) But self-development or not, one of the greatest lessons that Monica taught me is that there are no unique messages, only messengers. My life experience, personality, and timing, that lets me reach someone that even if they've heard the message before, this could be the moment that it sticks and I get to be a part of that. Monica also taught me that podcasting isn't just about me or doing something I love because you won't always love it. It's about how I can serve you, whether it's entertainment, connection, or education, and finding that sustainable why. And the very best thing, enrollment is for life. Two years later, I've made so many friends and feel all the feels for this incredible group of women who want to change the world and that we get to support each other as we do that in our own way so if you've thought about taking that leap but would love a step-by-step process if you already have a show that you want to grow or even if you're just spreading the word you can visit the link in our show notes to learn more And I think you kind of mentioned that earlier, that sometimes we feel like this old part of us that was so into this one thing or was so focused on this one goal that we had is gone and they're never going to come back. And it's really easy to get kind of this tunnel vision where we're, we're locked in the present and we feel like that everything's always going to be the way it is right now. But that's not true. Your past self probably thought that things would remain the same as they were then, but look how different things are now. Things change. You know, you move through different phases of life. You move from, you know, being a single adult into parenthood with young children. Then you move into having older children, you know, so things are always changing. And those restraints and and restrictions on how you can prioritize the things that are important to you, those change. And so... Even if right now at this moment, the one thing that you wanted to dare greatly on doesn't make high enough on the priority list, it doesn't mean it never will. Yeah. And again, I keep going back to running, but during grad school, I had to put that on the back burner. Mm -hmm. And I wondered at times, am I ever going to get out in the mountains again running and be able to do that again to the same degree? 
And I, I legitimately wondered, you know, and considered maybe never picking it up again because it just wasn't in the cards at the time. But now that I have gotten through that phase of life and I have a little more time that I can devote to that and a little more energy that I can devote to that, it's something that's a reality again. And for me personally, the interesting thing is that I feel like I'm a better runner than I was then. I'm not quite as fast as I was then, but I feel stronger. And so things change and things are going to come up. Things are going to move out of the way. And sometimes daring greatly means exercising a little bit of patience. I agree. It also reminds me because change, like to me, that word hurts. (laughs) And I think that there are cases when it doesn't too. So I liked how you pointed out that it wasn't in the cards, but then later it was. And I think that we can look at change and say, this is hard, but also it's going to change again. It kind of reminds me of when we talked about the hero's journey, that you go through that transformation and you also have that moment of rebirth. So there's going to be both negative and positive change. And even the negative may not be as negative as you think, just because, like we talked about a couple of weeks ago, it's shaping who you are and it's defining a part of your path that later is going to impact your identity for the better. I think that's totally true. We just have to kind of keep this big picture sort of perspective. Yeah. And and also to recognize that just the fact, you know, like we've talked about survival mode, like you're in survival mode, which sounds like this horrible, awful thing. And a lot of times it is, to be honest. Although, to be fair, most of the time you're going to be in some degree of survival mode. But the thing is that just the act of making it through those times in our lives that are really difficult, just that act in itself is daring greatly. You're already doing it. People that go through really hard things, like if, if you look at people who made it through the Great Depression or, or different things like that, and there's not too many of those particular people left, but you look at people who've gone through really rough times. And the interesting thing about a lot of it is that you hear the phrase like, we were so poor that we didn't know it kind of thing. You know, that they were just kind of moving along and keeping their head down and didn't really understand the import of making it through that hard time until after the fact. It was just what you had to do. And what they were achieving in doing that. Yeah. And you you look at some of these stories of people who migrated across the United States, or I'm thinking of the story, if you've ever read the book The Long Walk, it's about a Polish officer who was in communist Russia, got sent to one of the gulags, ended up escaping in the middle of the winter in Siberia, and had to trek to India to get to to safety and freedom. And most of it was just, it was really difficult, but it was just keeping moving forward was the thing that got him through. Refusing to give up. Yeah. And I think 
that there is some value in bringing it back to the basics because it kind of reminds me of Maslow's hierarchy of needs that we are always going to have those bases that we need to keep taken care of. But when you're in hard situations like that, you're just focusing on those basics. And like you said, we don't really see what we're making it through until after we get out of it and we're no longer focusing on the basics. But just by doing that, you already did something incredible. It reminds me of the quote that life doesn't get easier, we get stronger. And I think that that's always happening. It's always in motion. And there's comfort in that. Yeah, and I think that brings out a a really important point too, which is it's not always about what you're accomplishing per se, but about who you're becoming. You read in the Bible and other places about the, the concept of a refiner's fire, that that's where all of the dross, all the impurities are burned off, and that's a painful experience, and you have to endure through that. But then who you come out as on the other side, that in and of itself is something great. And just making it through that process and becoming someone else is an amazing thing. I love that. That actually reminds me, there's this article I wrote, just our last blog post about who am I without the proof? And this is a question that I got from Monica Packer. I attended one of her free classes and there was a lady who brought up struggling with health and that really resonated with me because that's probably in my top two struggles right now. And I don't talk about it a lot because I feel like, well, A, I'm still going through it, so I don't have any solutions, but also I don't want to define what health looks like for me as what health looks like for you because I think that it's really a personal topic but this class was about habits and this lady said I don't know how to create habits around this I know that I need to change and I want to make small changes but it's really hard for me and Monica said let's not talk about habits for a minute let's talk about identity And she said, sometimes we have all of these things that we think make up who we are. And we say, look, here, see, this is the proof. And we hold out all these accolades as if that is what builds up our identity. But she said, who am I without the proof? Who are you without the proof? And at this point, my head was spinning because I'm sitting here thinking my identity is... I am a runner, but I just got plantar fasciitis and I can't run. And I am a mom, but I'm having a really hard time with my kids right now. So I'm not doing really great at that either. And I felt like my identity was being disrupted. Like if it's not in the proof, if it's not in what I'm doing, then what is it in? And so when this lady said, can you give me an example? I was thinking, yeah, what? What does identity actually mean then? And Monica says, I am creative. I am a woman who knows who I am. And she kind of just spouted off this list of affirmations. And it was so powerful because 
I realized in that moment that I want to be able to do that someday. And when somebody asks me who I am, that it's not about what I'm doing. It is about what I'm becoming. And I think one way to practice that is to take maybe these tangible, physical, doable things that we think make up who we are and turn it into a quality. So I did this on my blog and I'm trying to remember, (laughs) but I am a runner turned into, I am not afraid to do hard things. I am a podcaster turned into, I am vulnerable. I'm willing to try. I am a mom and a wife, and that's still a big part of who I am, but what does that look like as a quality? I put, I am loving, I am resilient, I am hopeful. Uh, I included my faith in there because I think right now, particularly, and Joe and I have had discussions about this, Christianity, and even specifically within our church, has started to become this really divisive topic that I need to bring it back to the basics and say, what does being a Christian actually look like for me? I put, I am prayerful. I am discerning. I'm not critical of others. I am fallen. I am redeemed. I am of infinite worth. And so I think bringing it to some of these qualities and turning it into becoming rather than doing it actually makes it more adaptable to that change that you talked about, Joe, that we're always going through change. Maybe I'm not going to be a runner in every single moment, but it helps me realize the things that I can pull out of that that are bringing me life. Yeah. I am resilient can apply in a lot of different areas. And and the nice thing about that is you can, you can be those things regardless of what you're doing in the moment. Exactly. One other thing that I thought of, particularly in this season of, you know, I joked on Instagram today that we're already having end of the world discussions <laughs> because I am. <laughs> Not like this is the date and the time, but sometimes I'm like, man, is this it? Is, is what's, how what am I doing to prepare for this I guess and um I think it can be easy to get overwhelmed when we think about all of the things that are going wrong and how do I prepare for every inevitability I don't think it's possible to prepare for every inevitability and sometimes I do that from a place of I don't know it helps me deal with my anxiety to say what if and then get everything down to x y or z if this happens then I'll do this and then I feel better (laughs) but sometimes it can also be stifling and kind of shut you down so one thing that I've been doing recently a lot and this was a suggestion from my therapist 
a while ago, but I've been using it more and more lately, is to take a break from self-development. <laughs> I Hence the twilight, guys. I really was like, I think that I'm getting too overwhelmed because I'm listening to too many podcasts and talking too much about all of the issues, which I think are important. But sometimes I also need to say, where is my emotional energy at right now? And take a break from that kind of stuff. So I just go ahead and get Midnight Sun on audiobook. And, and it's great. And I binge watch all the four Twilights. And I loved it. So <laughs> there. You see, it's yeah. a helpful thing, honey. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> but I think that's brought a lot of relief to me lately. To just be able to say... I want to do something that I think is fun today. We've also been going on more, we call them adventures. I think they are. Yeah. We take the kids hiking or to the splash pad or just something little that's maybe outside of the house. It doesn't have to be for you, but what are those things that bring you to life and are you making sure to get those in? Not because somebody told you, do what you love and give yourself grace and do all the things, but just like sitting with what do I really want to do right now? What would make me feel good and kind of leaning into that? Yeah, I think I think there's a lot of value in sometimes taking ourselves out of gear because, well, nobody drives stick shift anymore, <laughs> especially probably not I got most it. of our audience, but um Maybe that's a massive stereotype. I'm sorry. Fun fact for you. One of the things that made Joe uh, fall in love with me is that I knew how to drive a stick shift. I was impressed by that. (laughs) Anyway, when you're driving a standard transmission vehicle, in order to get to the next gear, well, and this is true in any vehicle too, unless you have one of those continuously variable transmissions. (laughs) This isn't a car show. so (laughs) Here's uh, Joe's. A break from self-development is all things cars. <laughs> Go watch some Top Gear. Um, yeah. <laughs> anyway, uh, but when you're when you're driving a vehicle, when it shifts gears, in order to get from one gear to the next gear, it has to disengage. It has to. You have to take it out of gear, and then you have to put it back in the higher gear. And that's the only way you can get moving faster. Because if you just stay in one gear all the time, eventually you hit the end of your rev counter and you throw a rod in your engine and and then your car's toast. But anyway, I I, I digress. (laughs) The point being that it's important to disengage from this mission of, oh, I've got to work on myself all the time. Like sometimes, you know what, just sit down and watch some Top Gear. (laughs) Or Twilight. Or Twilight. (laughs) You can see how our relationship is. Actually, Jenny likes Top Gear. I do like Top Gear. It's well, there are qualifications to that. But it's a pretty funny show. <laughs> yeah. Or whatever it is that is what you want to do in the moment. We need to take some time to just idle for a minute and catch our breath, and that's okay. We can't always be 
focused on self-improvement because it gets exhausting and Mm -hmm. like i can't listen to self-development podcasts (laughs) he doesn't he'll listen to one or two episodes if i find some that i think he would like for a certain reason but yeah because then i'm just like oh i gotta be doing this i gotta be doing that i want to try this oh that's a good idea and and it's just exhausting i can't do it i do much better if i just work on myself at my own pace and then take time when i need to away from that well self-development and daring greatly our path in life so many things are not it's not a linear path and i think to your point that sometimes we need to idle that doesn't mean you're not gaining forward momentum it's just that people paint the picture that to get from point A to point B is this linear line and we never deviate and it's a straight shot. And honestly, <laughs> that's not how life happens. And I think coming to terms with that, it takes a lot of the pressure off. That reminds me of a story that you may have heard about General Patton during the Battle of the Bulge. And I'm not sure of the veracity of this particular quote. I don't, I'm not sure if it's apocryphal or not, but this is what is said to have happened to General Patton. This story is kind of interesting to me because my grandfather was actually captured by the Germans during the Battle of the Bulge and was a POW for the rest of the war. But, And I'm not going to redo this entire quote, partly because it's General Patton and he was known for uh, some colorful language. Um, <laughs> And but also because it's kind of long, they were fighting and things have been going really badly for the Allies, for the Americans and the British and the French and so forth. And part of it was because the weather was really bad and they couldn't get their planes off the ground. They couldn't roll their tanks. They couldn't do any of the things that they needed to to effectively fight off the German advance. And this was a time when the Germans had actually broken through the American lines and were threatening to break out of Germany again, which would have been an awful thing because they had just spent so much effort trying to push the Germans back. Anyway, Patton is said to have prayed to God and basically told God, you need to send me good weather right now so that I can fight this war. And I'm going to give you part of the quote here. He says, You just have got to make up your mind whose side you are on. You must come to my assistance. Sir, I have never been an unreasonable man. I am not going to ask you to do the impossible. I do not even insist upon a miracle, for all I request is four days of clear weather. And then, of course, the weather didn't clear. But what happened was interesting, and it's kind of typified in Patton came back to God in a second prayer that was a little bit different of tone. He said, Sir, this is Patton again, and I beg to report complete progress. Sir, it seems to me that you have been much better informed about the situation than I was, because it was that awful weather which I cursed you so much, which made it possible for the German army to commit suicide. That, sir, was a brilliant military move, and I bow humbly to your supreme genius. And I think that that kind of illustrates what Jenny's talking about, that our life often just doesn't go in that linear, nice, curve 
or straight line that we imagine it's supposed to go in. Because that's what everybody tells us life is supposed to look like. Look, if you work hard, if you set goals, if you accomplish all the little steps, and you plan, and you do these things, and you keep a daily planner, and you don't spend too much time on Facebook, you're going to get from point A to point B, and everything's going to be hunky-dory. That's not how it is. Okay? Sometimes the weather's bad. But sometimes the weather's bad for a reason, and we end up getting to a better place than we even thought possible because of the detours that happen. And we just need to sometimes let go of this notion that if we ever deviate from this path that we've got in our mind, that everything's going to fall apart. That's not the way it is. Life is not that way. There's going to be detours. There's going to be ups and downs. There's going to be all sorts of squiggly lines in the graph of our life. But it's all for a purpose. And I think if we keep that in mind and we don't spend so much time focusing on keeping ourselves to this rigid plan, if we allow ourselves and open ourselves up to God's plan for our life, that things will turn out all right. Sometimes life's hard, but everything's going to turn out okay in the end. I couldn't have said that better. That reminded me of a quote quickly that, God is already working on the things that you are worrying about. And I've found a lot of peace in that lately because I am a worrier. Or the things that you haven't even started worrying about yet. Mm-hmm. But I love what you said, that it's for a purpose. So to recap, we really just kind of winged this episode, like I said, but I will make a list of tips for you and I'll have that printable for you on our show notes. And... For our one-liner, to go back to something that Joe said earlier, when it comes to daring greatly in survival mode, you're already doing it. And so for our journal prompt today, Jenny talked about changing doing to becoming, and that's what we'd like to have you do for your journal prompt. Take some of those things that you have hitherto viewed as part of your identity that you do, and Try and translate those into qualities. Take a few minutes and think about some of the things that you've got tied up in your identity that are things that you are doing or that you do or that you would like to do and change those into qualities that aren't necessarily associated with a specific action, but something you're becoming. All right. Thank you guys for joining us for another week. Spread love. If you enjoyed today's episode, we would love to hear from you. Tell us how the journal prompts are going for you, what you learned, or what you need the most right now. You can find us on Facebook and Instagram at Of Progress and Purpose. And if you ever think of someone who might like to hear us think out loud too, feel free to share the podcast with a friend. It doesn't matter how you do it. Most of all, thank you for being part of our community. We know your time is valuable and we hope you love spending it here as much as we love having you. See you next week.